Corey Gleed, a clinical psychologist, and I specialize in evidence-based treatment for anxiety, depression, and stress. And I'm Anna White. I'm a former Wall Street executive. I experienced severe burnout at one point in my career, and I discovered that it had a lot to do with my type C personality. Anna and I are here to educate people about type C traits, which are being pathologically nice, putting the needs of others above yours, avoiding conflict, always saying yes, and worrying excessively about disappointing other people. On each episode, we'll share personal stories and also strategies for how to live in healthier ways and how to prevent burnout. Today, we're going to talk about burnout, and we want to talk about it in a slightly different way. We usually talk about burnout in the context of emotional and physical symptoms, but for type C people, it's really important to also think about how your relationships and connections to other people can also be contributors to burnout. And our apologies in advance, Corey and I are both a little bit froggy today. So hopefully this is going to, this is going to (laughs) go. Your voice sounds much more normal than mine. So people with type C traits focus excessively on the needs of others and often feel lonely because they're afraid to express their opinions, or it's really hard to be vulnerable with other people because they don't want to upset other people. And sometimes they even might feel guilty about burdening other people with their problems. There was this really terrific article in the New York Times in October that talked about how burnout may be less about overworking and overdoing and more about feeling lonely and isolated when dealing with stress, not getting enough support and connection when you're feeling super overwhelmed. So I think a lot of us can, this makes sense, a lot of us can understand with our modern busy lives, we may be less emotionally and deeply connected to other people that we were in the past. Also, unfortunately, because of texting and social media, there's, you know, unfortunately, a less less of a connection that many people have in their relationships. And lots of people live in big cities where sometimes community can be hard. So when my burnout related health problems started years ago, I was actually working from home and my family was down south. I had friends in the city, but I didn't have as tight of a community around me as I'd had in other points of my life, like in college or in you know graduate school. And I, I really had a difficult time opening up about my health problems because I didn't want to burden other people. I didn't want to be seen as a complainer. And sometimes I had a really hard time with being dismissed when I would open up. So people would say things like, oh, well, you look fine or, you know, I'm tired too. And I know they meant well, but this kind of left me feeling invalidated and and like, you know, I just felt sort of lonely in my problems and I didn't really want to go there again. I I would say I, I shrank away and I wasn't as social as I normally, or as I had been in the past. And this was an important time for me to be social because I needed to get support And I needed to normalize that other people were struggling with things also. And so I wouldn't feel quite so isolated. And another interesting part of this was that because my physical symptoms, you know, I had these cognitive issues and brain fog and some executive functioning issues. And so I kind of lost a little bit of planning ability and I became less, I became less able to like make a plan with someone. I know that sounds kind of nuts, but it it was, it was really hard for me to do. 
maybe you were kind of juggling so much that it was sort of hard to also be thinking of that, like just thinking, oh, next Tuesday, I have nothing to do on, yeah. you know, at three o'clock. I, I also wasn't actively thinking this would be healthy for me to do this. <laughs> That's not how my brain was working at the time. I was more in sort of survival mode, but, you know, I, I sort of became more dependent on other people to reach out to me and make a plan. And, you know, because I wasn't feeling well, and sometimes I would say no, you know, it just kind of became this vicious cycle where I kind of became more and more withdrawn and more and more isolated. So I actually think, and just as kind of an aside point, I actually think, you know, remote work has become so popular and people are are really, you know, seeing the benefits of it. But I think we're going to end up landing somewhere in the middle because people are going to kind of realize that you really become very, very isolated when you work remotely. And I did it for a solid six years. And by the end of the six years, I was not in a good place. It was just far too isolating. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that living and working in the same place on top of our excessive use of texting and social media, 100% makes people feel less connected. And then when you have stress going on in your life, which we all do, and for a type C person who's constantly doing everything for everyone else, there it's a huge deficit. You really create this problem. So yes, I do agree that I think remote, remote work is, is not very healthy. So, you know, I have a couple of patients that I just wanted to mention briefly. I have a lovely patient who works from home also. Um, and she actually works from home because uh, she lives outside the city. And um, she has uh, some some physical issues that I do believe are definitely part of her type C and her burnout. You know, she's constantly doing everything 150% at work, at home for her family. And this really creates a tremendous amount of stress in her life. Um, and so she struggles because she's constantly going through so much. She struggles with being vulnerable with her friends and her family. Just like what you mentioned, they don't always give her the support that she needs there can often be invalidating for a type C person. This is something that classically happens. She uh, is drawn to and the people that are drawn to her also have a lot of challenges and she's amazing at being super supportive. And so unfortunately, that can also kind of be part of her burnout that her friendships take a toll. And so when she's not doing well, she kind of recedes a little bit because she doesn't feel she can be as supportive. And many of her friends really need her and and lean on her a lot. And she doesn't feel like she gets as much of that support when she's talking to them. So I think isolation and connection have really been hard for her. And, And we've really talked a lot about how can she be willing to share more and be more vulnerable. So it feels more, you know, a type C relationship is usually not going to be 50, 50, but a little bit better balanced, not so one-sided. I have another patient, uh, a a lovely woman who has a very um, challenging daughter and a very demanding mom. And she um, gets very exhausted doing excessively so much for them that she kind of gets burnt out from taking care of herself. And she very much is burnt out from spending, you know, making the time to spend time with other people. So she's alone a lot. And I think not getting that social support. Also, I think a really big component of this isolation um, related to burnout has to do with just recognizing everyone has a struggle. Maybe it's not exactly your struggle, but when you say, you know, when someone says, hey, how are you doing? And you say, you know, I'm not great. Like, you know, I'm just having a really big issue with my son this, this week, or, you know, I'm just 
you know, struggling a lot with sleeping this week, almost everyone then chimes in with, oh yeah, I know I totally get it. Like this is happening to me. And then you don't feel so alone. Right. And so I think one of the problems is when you don't have that social connection, you actually do feel so alone. And then of course you have, you have less ability to handle all the actual stress that's going on in your life. So it really does, you know, affect you a lot. And this is actually where social media can work with your mind a little bit because if you are active on social media and you are seeing in the scroll that everybody looks happy and everybody's this and that, then you you might actually internalize that a little bit more and be less willing to share because everyone else seems like they've got it together and you don't. Oh my gosh. I can't tell you how often I talk to my patients about the fact that like, what do we all put on social media, right? Like I didn't take a picture of myself at 4am, like, you know, in the middle of the night last night, burying, right? But I'll take a cute picture of my dog. Right. So everyone thinks, oh, her life is happy. She's so lucky, right? You know? So I think it's just so important. I actually love it when people actually do post vulnerable things Mm -hmm. on social media. I'm like, amen. Um, But yes, no, I think it's really hard. And during the holidays, there's so many pictures of, you know, Uh happy people around a table for Thanksgiving or people decorating things for their trees or, you know, putting up lights. And so I think that particularly people can feel very alone. And when you're doing so much for everyone else and you get angry and resentful and you start to have these physical burnout symptoms, it makes you feel very isolated, which of course, is a very another big stressor. And so that's going to exacerbate all your other symptoms. Well, we actually picked burnout today because we are in the holiday season and it puts this type seers at even greater risk of burnout. December is so stressful, but we also have to sort of think ahead a little bit to January and February because that's when kind of the cumulative effect of all the holiday stress can really hit us. And we also might be just feeling a little bit seasonally depressed. I mean, here in New York, it's so cold and it's getting dark so early. And so, you know, that's a factor too. So during the holidays, we as type C people, we spend disproportionate amounts of time trying to make everybody else happy. We don't ask for help. We take on too much. We do the budgets. We do the checklists. We do the planning, the shopping, the cooking, the organizing travel and the family activities. And we may worry excessively about not preparing the perfect holiday dinner or not buying the right gifts. So we've made this point before, but we just want to emphasize that burnout is not just emotional or mental. And obviously there's a physical part of it as well. And type C people like me tend to ignore the signals that we get from our own bodies. We put our own comfort and our own well-being as the last priority. We're taking care of everyone else. And it may get to the point where we don't even go to the doctor regularly and we push off or make excuses for all these physical ailments. And because we're so hyper-focused on other people, we can even reach the point of becoming numb or not even being in touch with our own bodies, becoming sort of disassociated from them. So it's just one of those things that we have to be hyper-vigilant about during the holidays that we are staying on top of that. Yeah, I think one of the things that's interesting is that, I mean, that's, kind of unfortunately what is classic about a type c person is a a distance from how you're doing physically and how you're doing emotionally Mm -hmm. um staying so busy doing things for so many other people definitely makes you feel good and you're you know not worried as much about disappointing other people but it really creates sort of this bad vicious cycle you you kind of in order to do that 
and, and not feel bad or guilty. You have to ignore yourself. Mm-hmm. But it, into some ways, it also becomes sort of a coping skill. By doing so much for other people, you are sort of distracted and right. keeping so busy from taking care of yourself because taking care of yourself makes you feel guilty. Well, my physical symptoms went unchecked for years because I ignored them. I told myself they would resolve. I said, you know, I'm sure they'll get better. Way, way too long to not seriously address them. Right. We are going to talk about postpartum care in a, a podcast at some point soon. And I think there's a lot to be said there about kind of, um, unfortunately, uh, putting things off and not taking care of yourself and having lasting, uh, physical challenges. Yeah. So, you know, I think as type C people, there's a lot of uh, pushing your body too far. And it's really important to realize that hormones can get imbalanced, stress hormones like cortisol, adrenaline, and other stress hormones. And this can lead to, as Anna's talked about, uh, brain fog yeah. and other mental health, mental issues and cognitive issues, as well as lasting physical symptoms. So inflammation in your body, leading to stomach problems, migraines, a lot of issues that uh, unrefreshing sleep, things like nausea, difficulty breathing. These are things that I frequently talk about with my patients. So I have had many patients over the years who said that, unfortunately, just kind of like what we were just talking about with sort of creating that distance and ignoring themselves, they forget to eat, which obviously like, you know, you don't have any fuel in your gas tank. It's hard to concentrate. It can be hard to remember things. Um, Many of my patients often stay up way too late trying to get things done, which can lead to a lot of sleep problems, again, creating more physical pain, as well as fatigue, nausea, and more cognitive issues. So maybe let's pivot and talk about what we can do about this. That sounds good. (laughs) So we've talked all about burnout, but how can we actually mitigate it? How can we prevent it? So maybe let's first talk about, you know, how do we combat what we talked about earlier, loneliness and isolation. Okay. So the first thing is to just really work on being brave and curious and notice how it feels when you open up and share more and trying to be more vulnerable with other people. This is really, really hard. You know, you may have had experiences in the past where you were invalidated. And so it's totally understandable that you don't want to go there, that it's painful. I think a wonderful way to test, quote unquote, a relationship and to find out is this healthy or not, is to share a little bit how you're doing. And of course, it's very painful and upsetting when someone is not validating, but it also gives you so much information that you really want to pay attention to and not have that one-sided relationship Do you ever have patients who grew up in households where appearances were really, really important? 100%. And that makes people feel like they absolutely can't share these bad things. 100%. I mean, I think that I have tons of patients whose parents, often mothers, uh, it was so important how the family looked. And um, that has led to many, many issues. Obviously, you know, less self-worth thinking more about making sure that other people are happy, mm-hmm. um, making sure that everything looks okay and there's no problems. Yeah. Sure. Well, I just was thinking, you know, that for people that did grow up in that environment, I didn't luckily, you just have that much, it's going to be that much harder to sort of share, share Absolutely. and work around this. Yeah. And yeah, you can't, you know, like sweep, sweep it under the rug. <laughs> 
Unfortunately, so many of my patients, there is just so much invalidation. You know, you don't let anyone see anything bad. You always have to look very, very put together. I think one of the things to think about is, um, was really also always looking at the cost. We talk a lot about that in our podcast and looking at the pluses, right? So if you can be brave and be more vulnerable and share a little bit, what do you notice? You may not get the perfect response from someone else, but letting go and not holding on and hiding can really be amazingly refreshing. Again, you don't always get the best response, but you've let go of something. You've put it out there. Hopefully you feel a little lighter. Was this helpful at all for getting better sleep? Cause you're not kind of ruminating so much. Do you feel a lightness in your body? You're being more authentic. You're not hiding or holding stuff in. And I really think that this is so helpful for being more real and strengthening the connection. If it is a good person that you're sharing this with, that person may be so happy that they're, they realize, oh, wow, she's a person too. And, um, you know, she's real. She, she's not this perfect, you know, looks always perfect on the outside and like she's got everything great going well. I, I think that's not a facade you want to, to put out there. People do not feel connected to that. I think a great example is you know, when you see someone on social media post something super fabulous and wonderful, it doesn't really make you feel very connected to them. But when someone dares to post something on social media that's really vulnerable, immediately I oh. feel a connection. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I love that person. I and mm-hmm. they're wonderful. And, and I feel for them. Mm-hmm. So I just think it's really important to realize what do you connect to? You probably connect to people being vulnerable to you. So would you be willing to be brave and try that yourself? Yeah. Some other things that we've talked about before, but just always good to remember right before the holidays, keep these fresh in your brain, are to be really intentional in allocating time for restorative or fun activities. So when you don't have something to look forward to, it's hard to be feeling better. And if you have stress, whether even if it's, you know, holiday stress can be sometimes good, but it's still a lot of organizing for the type C person. And when you are doing so much for other people at work and at home, this it can be very, very hard to find the time to do things for yourself. And if you can find 15 or 20 minutes a day, if you can find 15, start with once a week, yeah. right? Just try and make that time for yourself. Definitely ask for help. Get kids, get partners, uh, sharing responsibilities with other siblings, if it's family-related stuff or cousins. And definitely, 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 we you know, we just put out a podcast all about sleep. Really think about whether it may be adding journaling to your routine to help with sleep or doing some sort of wind down routine, doing some sort of breathing or anything that is calming to your body. Again, it's hard to make this time for yourself, but trying to think more about yourself is a huge component of managing burnout. You know, and it's also so important to realize that a large component of burnout is feeling like things aren't in our control. And burnout is not always going to resolve with just better self-care, better diet, better exercise, journaling. You know, it's really so important to think about how we're actually responding to other people. Are we making the time to connect with them? Are we working on strengthening our social support system? Are we accepting our own importance and putting our needs on the same footing as other people? You know, I'm just going to add one last thing that I think is really important that I've been I heard at um, pre-COVID. It's always like BC and AD or whatever. Um, you know, so pre-COVID, I was at this amazing conference and this woman said, do something big enough that's meaningful, but small enough that's doable. And I think it's really important when you're feeling super overwhelmed about bigger things 
you know, making other people happy, getting work done, doing stuff for your family during the holidays. It can be so hard and overwhelming. And I think it's really important to just think about what is one small thing that matters to you that is doable. Mm -hmm. So when we're talking about, you know, working on connection and loneliness, this does not mean like redo your friend group. This does not mean like, you know, you have to force yourself to make so much effort. Just like make a weekly goal. One small goal, you know, um, I'm going to try to call one person instead of texting everyone this week, or I'm going to try to make a plan to meet with a good friend this week and, and say one thing that makes me feel a little bit more vulnerable. Or, you know, it's about I'm going to try to do something small and restorative for myself. Anything that you can pick, anything that you can do to have better balance is going to help with burnout. And also just to realize that burnout is something that you can always seek a professional help for. Mm. Um, there's a, there's lots of resources on our website. Um, we're also going to put the article, New York Times article on the show notes. And as always, we hope you found this helpful. Anna, any last thoughts that you want to share? No, <laughs> I think we've covered it. So we really hope you liked the episode today. And speaking of liking, we'd love to for you to go on iTunes and put some stars on there if you like the episode, even write a review if you'd like to. There are a lot of ways to get in touch with us if there are topics you'd love for us to cover. You can email us. It's typectoolbox at gmail.com. You can go to our blog, typectoolbox.com. There are links there to get in touch with us. And also check out our Instagram feed. We've got a lot of quick hit videos covering a lot of these topics. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening today. This podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only. It's not meant to be a substitute for mental health treatment. If you're having a mental health emergency, please dial 911. If you're looking for mental health treatment, please visit the National Alliance on Mental Illness website at NAMI, which is N-A-M-I dot org.